Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, special guest, special friend of the show, special human being all around, Mr. Fansided himself, call to the pen, all those sites, and so many more. Kevin Henry. What is up, P. Lyons? You know, we're just doing the thing over here. We were hoping, we brought the brooms. We did. We bought them. We saved our seats so we can get a full <laughs> refund a <laughs> if we need to because the Rockies, unfortunately, could not secure the sweep against the Chicago Cubs. But they looked good the first two well, games after blowing in the third one. Overall, a 3-3 three and three homestand. So is it a little bit of irony that maybe the sweep was caused because the sweeper wasn't used properly? But from Justin Lawrence, is that possible? It's That's almost too good. I, I, I'm, I'm just be, throwing that out there. I'm going to be out of a job at the end of this podcast, <laughs> the connections that you are making here. It's fantastic. Yeah. Rockies and White Sox came into this game today on Sunday. Identical records. And now Rockies dip back below. You know, if it if it ends that way in the season where the Rockies have the third worst record, that gives them a 16.5% chance. Yep. Most. That, that's the most you could possibly get, whether you have the worst record or second worst record. Third worst record gets you 16.5% chance at the first overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft. That could be very valuable for them. So they they keep that spot. Absolutely. You know, and I still, I've, I've already done my power rankings for tomorrow for fan-sided. Ooh. Still got the Rockies ahead of the White Sox. They took two out of three. And let's be honest, those first two games, the White Sox looked pretty lifeless. I mean, they really did. They they did. Yeah, they uh, they owe the Rockies one for sure. Rockies gave them one back today. But yeah. the Rockies definitely appear to be the better team, the more exciting team yeah. all around. Uh, even with, you know, their, their best pitcher on the hill in, in Dylan Cease. White Sox, you know, barely got out of there with a victory. Biggest takeaway of the weekend. We'll, of course, recap all three games against the White Sox. Uh, hoping to welcome in our, our buddy Herb Lawrence from CHGO White Sox. Uh, I asked someone on the way out who covers the White Sox, would it have just been easier for the, the Rockies to have just won and just make it a sweep? It just keeps it nice and simple. Everyone can kind of wash their hands and go, we know exactly what this is. Instead, ah, oh, Rockies bullpen. Oh, White Sox kind of come back, makes it interesting and not interesting simultaneously for both teams. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at the entire series, seven runs in the eighth inning today that pushed the White Sox to the win. Outside of that, the other 26 innings, honestly, it was a Rockies, dare I say, domination. I don't know that we can really say that much this season, but it was something that Colorado looked like the much better team for 26 of the 27 innings. A lot of Denver dominance, for sure. So you tell me, what, what do you think your biggest takeaway is, is uh, on this weekend? And we'll we'll kind of break that topic down. It was at the back-to-back offensive outbursts, 14 runs on Friday, 11 on Saturday. Uh, only second time this season they've scored 10 or more runs in consecutive games. First time scoring 11 or more runs in back-to-back games since the Nolan Arenado-led offense of 2019. In fact, only the 13th time ever They've gone 11 or more runs in back-to-back games. Is it their first series win at home since the Yankees series last month in wow. July, a little over a month ago? Was it the first time winning back-to-back games this month of August? They'd won two in a row in July 30th and 31st. Or was it uh, history coming back home in the form of Todd Helton and Kyle Freeland moving up to seventh place all-time with a win? For the Rockies on Saturday night. For you, what do you think might be the biggest one? And they're all pretty darn close. But they are. but but what do you want to talk about 
most so, so first. can we start with the offense and not just those big run numbers but let's talk about that it wasn't like it was just one guy who exploded for a couple of games the Rockies actually looked like they had balance in the lineup a lot of the young guys actually coming through we've you know we've talked so much about Nolan Jones Ezekiel Tovar or, uh, you know Britton Doyle all these young guys that are going to be part of the future of this franchise and again Friday and Saturday the team looked like a young team plus Mr. Blackman uh, you know, prove that Chuck Nasty can still be a little nasty as well. And man, he he's got plenty of life left yeah. in him. He's energized the roster. We've got an article unlocked over at the DNVR.com all about what all about what, what Charlie brings to this team. Obviously, just as the leadoff hitter, you know, we saw a couple times uh Blackman and Tovar teaming up. In fact, we saw today triple from the 37-year-old Charlie Blackman, then a RBI single from the 22-year-old. Ezekiel Tovar, 15 years separated in age, and they're doing it together. So what Charlie's been able to bring to the to the field, the, the on-field, the batting leadoff, even playing some right field, make a really nice play yeah. on Saturday yeah. as well. And then the obvious intangibles, just being in the clubhouse, being one of those leaders by example. Nobody works harder than him. That's what Nolan Jones said, and it's it's really true for him, a guy who already works really hard. But for anyone that is not sure about their place in this team, you need to work hard if you want to stick around as long as Charlie Blackman's been able to do. I don't know if we, we, we said it in the last homestand, but Carlos Gonzalez is not much older than Charlie Blackman. I think it's under a year, and yet Charlie's still doing his thing. Yeah. He's going to come back next year. you you got to think he's going to play again. Yeah should be with the Rockies. He could play even into his age 39 season, and you only do that by working as hard as Charlie Blackman does. So him being a leader on the field, in the clubhouse, in the gym, in the cafeteria, where he's eating well, <laughs> none of those dirty calories, no dirty bulks for him, you know, that, that's that been critical, I think, for these young guys in this lineup. Well, and, and one thing that I love about Chuck, this series was, as you said, in the leadoff spot, when he drew that leadoff walk that started the series, if I remember right, mm -hmm. and then Tovar came through with the homer, and they were quickly up, uh, actually 2-1, because Andrus hit the first pitch out. So, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things that Charlie set the table. Charlie mm -hmm. set the momentum for those big offensive outbursts. And then, of course, today hitting the long ball. Uh, so, you know, a good series for him. But, again, I, I think you're exactly right. What he brings to the clubhouse and what he's bringing to the lineup as far as an example of what these young guys should be doing and how they should be approaching their craft, uh, you know, I don't think that you can really put that in a box score, but it's paying off for them. You'd probably say Charlie's setting the table and then Tovar is serving up some fresh cuisine. Oh, and it was fresh. It I was would say hot. that. Absolutely. It was piping hot fantastic <laughs> uh, as will points out in our chat again dive in there even if you're listening to this post game even if uh or, or post production as if you will or you're listening to this as a podcast leave us a review jump in the uh, the chat on youtube dnvr sports nolan jones on pace or would be on pace for a full season to hit 38 home runs this year i mean the dude has a real easy stroke yeah, i mean very reminiscent of uh, of a young Ryan McMahon again, even despite the fact that McMahon's only like three years older than him. And and what did you and I good. notice today? And it wasn't at the plate, but that last inning, what happened to Nolan Jones? Do you remember that you and I both went, "Oh my gosh!" Uh, he played center field. He played center field. <laughs> now this is a guy that you know we thought whenever he first came in, he's probably going to be a corner infielder. He may get some time in the outfield. Uh, today, he completed that trifecta of playing all the positions in the outfield. He's doing really, really well. And I think even if it was for an inning, for him to slide over and Bud to have the confidence in him to play center field at Coors Field, I think that says a lot about the confidence Bud has in him. And the fact that there was a play earlier in the gap, uh, closer to Nolan's ball than, than Brenton Doyle's was kind of you know, arcing back towards left field. He wasn't able to get there. I'm sure he might like to have that one over again. And you go, eh, you know, it might have been slightly extraordinary for him to have made that catch. Uh, would, it would have been uh, pretty important early on in the game. But you go, well, he didn't make the catch. That's fine. Let's put him out there in center field. Yeah. There also weren't any other options. Uh, how how <laughs> Castro was, was out of the game. Castro did his uh, job there going two for three against Dylan Cease, a guy with... Uh, the most base hits against uh, Dylan Cease in his yeah. career, uh, which is pretty good. I think he might even be over or even at 500, hitting 500 against Dylan Cease in his career, that being Harold Castro, two RBI today. 
uh, Pedro Grafal not having too many options, just having to leave yeah. uh, Cease out there to face Castro, the two RBI single to do that. And so now six RBI on uh, Castro's career against Cease. So you, you can see White Sox didn't have much to work with their bullpen today. No, and, and I want to go back to something you just said a minute ago about Nolan Jones diving, just missing that ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could tell that it was something that was kind of out of his gloves reach. He would have been Superman to catch that ball. He's looked like Superman a couple of times already this year. But the fact that a lot of us in the press box went, oh, he missed it. I think mm. that says something about the mindset that we've all got already about Jones and Brenton Doyle out in the outfield, that these guys can make that range, whether it's Coors or anywhere else, and get to balls that maybe would have dropped with some other outfielders that would have been there. That's a good observation because towards the end of Arenado's run, he just made so many great plays that you didn't go, oh, wait a minute. Because you, you just knew he was going to make it. So it wasn't like you'd be totally gobsmacked. Your jaw wasn't going to drop. It's just kind of par for the course. That's the Arenado meter right there. Yeah. But we are seeing these new guys come and play some spectacular defense. Uh, are you kidding me? Came out of my mouth today on that Ezekiel Tovar play. Yeah. Diving to his left. Flipping with the glove to start the 6-4-3 double play early on. Um, again, Nolan Jones, anytime the ball's in his hand, you go... Don't do it. There's a guy on third base coming around from second. You're thinking, uh, yep. nah, nah, don't do that. <laughs> because uh, you, you've got a guy with a cannon in left, uh, a cannon in center field, a great third baseman. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It, it, you can always bet that those guys are going to get the job done defensively. And in fact, if you need to make a bet, you want to turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets, you join Bet365. You download the app. Deposit $10, claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Download the Bet365 app and use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Look, they've pioneered live in-game betting, widest range of games and markets available for live in-game betting, 80 million users worldwide, close to a million live stream events each and every year, and they just so happen to be proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. They've got a really cool thing going on right now where in a game like today, I think on either side, I don't think the Rockies had a five-run lead at any point, but they had a lead that seems secure, and you go, bullpen's got to hold on to it for me to, to get the win, right? Well, not with the Bet365 Bet baseball early payout offer your winner if your team goes up by five runs or more with an instant payout it's that easy parlay and same game parlay selections will be marked as winners download the app and use code dnvr365 when you sign up must be 21 or older and physically located in colorado please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER you don't even have to wait for the save you win immediately with that. Rugby Town 7's tournament is taking place this weekend, Friday, August 25th through Sunday, August 27th, right down the road, Infinity Park. Have you been to that location yet? I have not. Whenever I pass by, I go, I, I got to get it. I mean, I've been there before, but when I pass by, it just reminds me what kind of great rugging goes on. Love, it's a rugging good time. A lot of good rugging. So much good rugging. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I didn't and realize. I, and I have to admit, like, I still don't know enough about rugby to, to feel like I can talk about it eloquently. Colton Strickler does it a lot better on the DNVR Rugby po rugby Podcast. He's got the Rugby 101s. He's got interviews with uh, with coaches and players, uh, which is really fantastic. And also, the, the seats and tickets are, are, are really cheap down at Infinity Park. You just go uh, to AmericanRaptors.com. You get seats, children 12 and under. They actually get into in for free. But uh, the Rugby Town 7s, the 2023 Rugby Town 7s, is going to be amazing. 20 teams from all over the world. They compete in a $10,000 grand prize. We're talking U.S. Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, and the Coast Guard. Make sure you check it out. $10 per day for that. $20 for the entire weekend pass. Again, $10 tickets start at. Go to AmericanRaptors.com for so much more. Let's talk about that starting pitching. Really yeah. good all weekend. Worst start was still a good Coors Field start and was still good enough for Kyle Freeland to get his first win in three months. His lips to my ears, because he, he said that to us. He's like, yeah, I haven't won a game. I think May 14th, in fact, was the last time he uh, got a pitcher win. He had seven consecutive uh, losing decisions. That was uh, tied for, like, fourth most in franchise history with Christian Friedrich. Uh, I think Connor Siebold has an active seven-game losing streak uh, <laughs> as well. So, you know, Freeland getting that win. Five innings pitch gives up four runs. But, I mean, any way you go, Chris Flexen on Sunday – or Peter Lamborghini. Look, when he's good, yeah, he's Peter Lamborghini. When he's not, it's kind of Pete Lamb. But he was Peter <laughs> Lamborghini 
on Friday night. Both those two guys bookending a solid start from Kyle Freeland on Saturday. Absolutely. And Pete Lambert, let's be honest, Lamborghini, maybe I should say. You know, there was <laughs> a little bit of a raised game for him because, of course, who was sitting in that other dugout? Brother Jimmy. Jimbo. Yeah, that's right. And so this was family pride on the line. And I will tell you, if he had a great time to pull out another masterpiece like he did in his debut way back when, that was the night to do it. And he looked really good. He absolutely did. Yeah, the only thing that was missing was him, him having the opportunity to hit, having yes. a double in his first at-bat. But you're right. He had the family there, uh, both his sisters. Uh, his one, uh, his older brother, uh, you know, just had a baby, so yep. you know wasn't able to make it out. But the whole family came. I was... Jimmy should have been putting that game. I don't. I don't know what Pedro Buffal was doing. Come yeah. on, that's a moment. Absolutely, it is. And and you know, in the White Sox clubhouse before Jimmy Lambert was talking about how all the guys were giving him crud about who you rooting for and are you giving your brother tips on us and all this stuff. So Pedro knew he had to yeah. know what was going on there. How do you not get those two guys in the same game and make a little history out of it? That would have been cool. To my knowledge, I don't know that that we've ever had a Rocky play in the same game as as his brother yeah. it's probably you know they probably faced off against one another i can't think of anything off the top of my head sandy alomar jr was a rocky for a minute so you know i'm, I'm sure maybe there was a game against uh, his brother robbie at, at some point but but still like in the same game you know that's that's kind of a rarity that would have yeah. been a really good story but as you mentioned you know seven innings pitch only gives up one run after the first pitch almost unhittable yeah and, and that's just it because that first pitch, we're all like, oh, no, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, I mean, you could tell everybody in the park just kind of shifted the momentum. Like, oh, you've oh. got to be kidding me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, that was it. I think he, I think what they had four hits the whole night. Yeah. I think that's right. So three after the very first pitch. And again, if the if Peter Lambert can do that, that's a good thing for the Rockies moving forward the rest of the year. And we'll give them something to think about for 2024 because we know there's going to be some holes in the rotation that they're going to have to figure out what to do to start next season as well. First pitch home run by Elvis Andrews. First time he had uh, done that on a first pitch in his career with a leadoff home run, his 100th career. We talked about Charlie Blackman turning the clock back. Elvis Andrews yeah. kind of did too with the, uh, the leadoff home run. Stole home on Saturday against Kyle Freeland. Uh, and he and Elvis left the building as well on Sunday, quite more officially, as he got ejected by the uh, the home plate umpire. It was a very active uh, <laughs> series for Mr. Andrews. It, it was, was. You know, seriously. And, and, and when he stole home, we, were, we kept speculating, is he going to swap that jersey out? <laughs> it was just covered in mud because it was raining yes. in that pregame. We had a five-minute delay uh, on Saturday. No drone show. No drone That's, show. Thankfully, the Rockies won, so people won't remember that quite as much. Uh, well, let's get off topic for half a second there. Super producer Tiff, uh, you went to the game today. First time in a while. How, how was it being back at the ballpark? Coors Field, not many places better uh, in it town was, or in the country, huh? It was actually a blast. Like, yeah. I, I haven't been in probably like a good like five six years and it was so fun like the atmosphere was still very much like alive i think people were excited because they had one right the previous two days so yeah it was it was beautiful i have pictures of just the field itself because you're right there's just beautiful no, grass yeah. no other place like it and, yeah and would have been disappointing i imagine if you, you came for something and you didn't get it so the drone show Everybody disappointed uh, about that because of the weather, and so I think I think it might have been the drone company. I can't confirm that one. I don't I don't have the but, officials. But if specs I remember right, that. you put out a tweet. What one hundred twenty-two thousand plus for this series? Is that what you said in your yeah, tweet? Yeah, forty thousand today. What forty-six thousand on Saturday, thirty-five, thirty-six on Friday night. I mean, one hundred twenty-two thousand one to see the third worst team in MLB and the fourth worst team in L MLB, Denver. Denver loves its baseball. It, they love their Coors Field. I'm they love their Coors they Field as absolutely, well. They do, seriously. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a friend of mine in town, and, and absolutely, it was one of those, not a baseball fan, but I hear I got to go to Coors. And, you know, what better place to watch a baseball game? Just saying. For sure. Yeah, Peter Lambert's been really good since joining the rotation on July 1st. I don't think he gave up a run in all of July. Uh, but he has a 3.34 ERA, 10 walks, 22 strikeouts over those seven starts. So, uh, we'll probably be talking about that yeah. later this week, perhaps, uh, about, you know, Peter Lambert and Chris Flexen. What does this all mean for the the future of the starting rotation? Chris Flexen, you know, again, really good today. 
doing a nice job. Six innings, second consecutive outing for him to do that. Also did it at home uh, against a much better team in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Seven hits, no walks, five strikeouts. Really good. That that it was an aberration. Aberration. Yep. Yep. Aberration. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, his, that first start, six <laughs> walks, man. That was not the guy that we were expecting. No. He's been much better since then. Especially after Bud Black praised him for being such a strike thrower in the in the pregame before his first start, and then we all watch him <laughs> issue the six walks. Right. You know, and and Patrick Saunders, the Denver Post, asked about that today. You know, and and I think it is a matter. He's settled in with the Rockies. He's done a few little tweaks here and there. And and you could tell there's a little bit of confidence coming from Chris Flexen as well. And again, if you had said at the start of the year, hey, your rotation's gonna include Chase Anderson and Chris Flexen by the time that you hit mid mid August, I think all of us would have gone, What is going on? But Yeah. You know first you go, wait, 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 how how'd they get those guys? Because yeah, exactly. they're on other teams. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm using Google and they're not wearing a Rockies cap in the picture that I'm looking at. Yeah, obviously yeah. things uh, have gone wrong in that way. Things going really well for Eli Harris Montero. Nine for 21 with four extra base hits and six RBI in his last six games after batting 180 through his previous 14 uh, after being recalled back from, from AAA. So he's now finding a groove. And, man, you know, last year, Buddy used the term hitter-ish. Yep. Not meaning, like, you're kind of a hitter. It's like, no, like, th- this guy can hit. He can rake. You know, last year, uh, if you look at guys with, I want to say, roughly 140 plate appearances or more, after C.J. Crone, Elias Montero had the second highest slugging percentage and just jostled back and forth minor leagues, you know, this year with with Crone at first, a little bit of, you know, Tolly and Nolan Jones getting some starts over there at first base. Montero kind of having some of that growth stunts. I think he was also uh, player of the month in AAA when – you know, he had nothing to prove. And I, I think that was ultimately said by the organization early on in the season. Like, he, this guy's got nothing else to do down in AAA. So, yeah, he's on the big league roster. Oh, and then they go and send him back down. A lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the defense wasn't as crisp over at third base. He's got to learn how to play first base. Yeah. But he's starting to get in that groove. And we're starting to see his personality come out in that clubhouse. He's starting to be that link between everybody, all the different group groups, you know, no matter what they are, he is that link because he's a fun-loving, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. We always talk about jerks and profile. We always have a smile on his face. Montero always has a smirk on his face, but he always has inside jokes and always has these conversations with everybody in the clubhouse. So yeah. he is a link, I think, and he is a guy, I think, that has a lot of value beyond just on the field, what's going on behind the clubhouse, I think, gives him even more added value and should be even more reason for him to continue to get opportunities and see if this is a guy that you can rely on going forward at first base and or DH. And I'm glad you mentioned Profar because one thing that we've noticed and we've heard mm. the Rockies fans for years say, let the kids play. Yeah. Well, you know what? The kids are playing now. And and one thing that is happening is Profar, even though he's fine after being uh, you know injured at Dodger Stadium on the last road trip, He's come back, he's healthy, he's playable, but he's not getting the playing time. They're making sure that Nolan Jones is in left, Tolly has been in right, Montero's yeah. been at first, you know, Charlie's been, as you said, either, you know, right field or DH. But outside of that, they are letting the kids play and proving, you know, if that um, Jones, Doyle, Tolia outfield, you know, Buddy seems very comfortable running with that. And I think that that says a lot about where the franchise is right now. Yeah, those guys have such great chemistry. Another one of those articles over on the DNVR.com all about Brenton Doyle and, and Nolan Jones and how, you know, the defensive metrics actually suggest that those guys probably should be finalists for a Gold Glove Award. And yeah. so uh, if you're getting that kind of defense out there, you know, you're you're helping your pitchers out in a major way. And, and the defensive metrics are not kind to jerks and profile. And, you know, rightfully so. It's They don't have any bias against them. They like the guy personally. I've talked to these defensive yeah. metrics. And they say, great guy, that profile. But... That that's how that's how metrics can be when you have, when I have conversations with them at least. <laughs> it's, it's back to the numbers again. And I will I will tell you. You know I don't know about you, but there's times that I go, ooh, that's a little Rymel Tappy-ish out there. Ooh. Whenever uh, Profar is mm-hmm. playing left field, so it's true. So I feel a lot more comfortable with no Joe, shall we say? Yeah, and I feel a lot more comfortable contacting the folks over at Bacchus and Chanker because I know they've got my back 
and my Shanker. No, good. they got my back, us and Shanker. No, this isn't as good without Susie to, to sing along. Uh, go to Colorado, uh, coloradolaw.net. Call 222-2222 because Bacchus and Shanker is going to work for you absolutely for free. Call, get a consultation, find out if you've been injured in a, a car accident, something at work, pedestrian, rideshare, you name it. Even if you're like, this is a long shot, fine. They don't mind. You're not wasting their time. They are there to help you. 222-2222 or coloradolaw.net. They're also going to work for you for free. So if you say, you know what, we think we have a case here, you don't have to pay them a dime. They don't see a dime until you do. And they won their clients over $1 billion these past 25 years. 30 lawyers on staff, 100 folks working behind the scenes uh, in their neighborhood offices all around the state. Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins, you name it. Give them a call, 222-2222. Find out if you got a case for free because Bacchus and Schenker wins. Now... Kev, I need yep. to know, Will, is your family more Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? Uh, we are Sooners, OU, uh, Oklahoma. Sooners. Yes. All right. So uh, I'm going to say to the entire family, maybe you go matching for the holidays in your photograph when you go to FOCO.com. Oh, nice. And I'm not just saying matching hats over on FOCO.com. Again, you use promo code DNVR, and you're going to get 10% off all non-presale items. But even better than just a couple OU caps, overalls. Oh, my. Yes. Wow. Overalls, wow. moon overalls, pinstriped overalls. Have a lot of fun with it. You also get the Beanie Babies. Of course. You also got tons of bobbleheads that are over there. They got great Rockies ones, the NBA championship, Denver Nuggets, tons of those. And they got, like, big head bobbleheads. That's how they used to be. You look at a bobblehead and go, look at the big head. Now they're almost, like, life-size, which is cool and all. They still bobble. You know it's a bobblehead, but they got big head bobbleheads, which will really be a fun throwback uh, to get somebody in your family. So there that's go. pretty good. Well. Yes. So uh, Ruth Allen in our chat, I saw this on the broadcast. I didn't know what we were looking at. Uh, and Ruth, boomer. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, we we got a big go. fan there. Yeah. Help me out here. Uh, that's mama. That's mama. That's mama. Mama's here. Hey, mama. Mama's in the house. I saw they were looking at Jerks and Profair shoes during the broadcast. And yeah. I'm like, oh, well, he... He hit his leg on the wall. No, that was more of his knee, not an ankle. Did he have new cleats on today? The man is paying homage to Dinger on his cleats. No. No, it is true. It is true. The, I mean, I mean, he is trying to endear himself to the folks at 20th and Blake. Wow. Who else is going to rot Dinger on their cleats? So good good for Profar, and, and maybe that's why Buddy benched him. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> no, that's why he got him in the game. Yeah, like, I think oh, his, I didn't see that till his Amazon delivery <laughs> came in just in time. It's like, you got the cleats? All right, you can go in and play. You're not going to the center. You're going to the left. But okay, yeah, they kept looking at that. And yeah, Bryce Harper, first guy to, to really do that, obviously, with the yep. Philly Fanatic. But you can really get away with hiding those because it, it goes. Dinger's purple. So Absolutely. It, it matches. I mean, Profar's got that swag. He's the one that got the basketball jerseys for everybody. He started it in San Diego. I don't know that he started in San Diego, but he had the hookup. He brought had the plug. Absolutely. Absolutely brought it over. As it were. Tiff, you like that? He had the, he had the jersey plug on that. Um, you do love that. All right, so uh, we get the big offense. We get the, the series win. Yep. Let's talk about the return of yeah. Mr. Todd Helton. Everybody, so happy to see him. That The 46,000 folks that were there, they're in the rain. They're out of the rain. They're trying to stay dry. Thankfully, it's warm enough where if you got wet, it wasn't a big deal. But they stuck around despite the delay because they wanted to see Todd. They wanted a black vest jersey yep. button up. One of the nicer giveaways. Rockies usually have a ton of really good giveaways. We'll, we'll give them that for sure. But that was a real nice one. Fans, super excited to see the Todd father back at Coors Field. And I saw a bunch of those jerseys today. I mean, people yeah. were wearing them again today, so yeah. you're right. High quality stuff. But you're, I think it's something that's really important to point out is that Helton coming back meant something to the fans, but also what he's doing in the minors, you know, as that special assistant for, for Bill Schmidt and some of the ways that he's trying to help some of these young kids figure out their swing. You know, you and I were part of that media scrum yesterday when Helton was there and where he talked about, you know, I'm giving out my phone number to some of these kids. Yeah. Can you imagine, hey, I'm having problems with my swing. Let me dial up, oh, I don't know, Todd Helton. And see if he can help me out with that. Yeah. Seriously. So he's giving out his digits. And I think that that's something, you know, again, he's embracing the franchise as much as they're embracing him. And I think that's a cool thing to say. There's a bunch of kids in Fresno and Spokane that this time next year 
are going to look at their phone and go, Mom, I, I got a Hall of Famer yeah. on my phone. Yep. Because that's what right. Buddy called it. Buddy said, hey, I nailed Nuggets in six. I'm saying, Todd Helton, this year, vote goes in and becomes official in January. Induction. We even got a date on that, right? We did. July 21st, I, I believe. I think it's the 21st. Yep. Sunday, Cooperstown, Clark Sports Center. It's got to happen. We got to wait for that to go down. But it, it seems he's only 11 votes shy. And, uh, yep. you know, if, if he ends up having a good season this year, I think I think so. He, he's having a good season so far in 2023, right? <laughs> he's having a great <laughs> season. You know, and, and one thing, you know, you and I both noticed he didn't really want to talk about that he didn't really want to sure. go down that road which makes perfect sense yeah but you know it's in the front of his mind and, and he said yesterday you know he'd be lying if he said he didn't think about it every day too yeah yeah for sure uh good good to have him back in the in the ballpark Kyle Freeland loves seeing him too you know and in, in the in the clubhouse you know a guy that Freeland you know obviously looked up to being a uh, a Denver kid yep. so having him back was a great yeah first time since 2021 all-star game when he was there and I kind of didn't remember you know, that, that entire weekend was a blur, I, I imagine, for a lot of people. He didn't even throw out the first pitch. I was like, wait, what? Peyton <laughs> threw out the first pitch? You, you didn't, Todd? And I was like, oh, I kind of remember him just standing there with his hands in his pockets. But <laughs> why, why? remind me again, Kev, what did I miss? Why did Peyton Manning throw out the first pitch at the 2021 All-Star Game and not Todd Helton? I, I don't know. Denver's a Rockies town, right? I mean, isn't it a Rockies above everything else town? I mean, I'm curious here. ROE, Rockies over everything. <laughs> why not? Son of a gun. Yeah, no, good uh, Good to see Todd back. Got another one of those articles over on the dnvr.com just plugging away. Uh, a great bunch of uh, free things you get to, to hear his quotes on a, on a bunch of different things, reminiscing about Takashi Saito, you know, 2007, oh, man, that yeah. run. Wow. Uh, so good. <laughs> so good uh, to see Todd back. Good to see Brendan Rodgers. You know, he uh, all, all week it seemed like he'd been doing enough of those little things to basically – Make sure that his start of the 2023 season, for him at least, was not like 2022. If you recall, hitting under 100 in yeah. March slash April of last year. Yep. This year, coming back in uh, in late uh, July and, you know, kind of starting off with the bang, getting his hits, getting some clutch RBI, uh, going three for five on Saturday, multi-hits, in three consecutive games to match a career best. So he's done that six times now in his career. Four multi-hits through his last five games. Got a day off on Sunday. Nine for 22. Four doubles, triple, seven RBI through the span of five games. So he's already immediately not worrying about like, hey, do I still got it? Am I still got to answer questions about whatever? He's comfortable. He's back. Yeah, that's wonderful for the Rockies to see. To get them going uh, early here thinking about 2024, they can rely on Brendan Rodgers next year. Absolutely. You know, and one thing that he was saying was is that he's really looking forward to getting toward that 100 at bat. You know, he wants 100 mm. plate appearances to really see that he's back and everything. And right now he's at 57 at bats for the season. So even though he's not at that point yet, you can tell that he's still got that confidence. And like you said, multiple hits, multiple games. Uh, and, we, and, you know, you and I, I think we're a little surprised when we walk in and you go, oh, wait, he's not in the lineup? But then uh, that Harold Castro stat about his uh, effectiveness against Dylan <laughs> Cease, you're like, all right, maybe it is a good day to have a day off. Yeah, he owns him. And like, look, that was the right button to push in that yeah, moment. It absolutely was. You know, had the, had the bullpen, unfortunately, you know, not imploded. Uh, Matt Cook, and then Justin Brule after that, and then Justin Lawrence, uh, also not getting the job done in that seven-run eighth inning. Uh, you know, we would say, yeah, no, that was a, a masterstroke of, of having Castro in there. So uh, he was able to deliver against the uh, Frisbee golf enthusiast, Dylan Cease. Did you know he had a twin brother? And did you know that he has his own branded disc disc from disc golf? No, Dylan I, did Cease? Not, I did not know these things. Dylan Cease. You know, oh, there you go. This is why you got to follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies on, <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Jones did not get a hit, unfortunately, on Sunday. Snaps his five-game hit streak. But uh, this month of August, man, he's been he's been absolutely fantastic. He's and, you good. know, trying to inject himself in that conversation for rookie of the year, you know, there's so many great candidates this season. Obviously, we know about Ezekiel Tovar, but Nolan Jones got that rookie eligibility. Had, yeah. had 45 days of service time. They went back and said, oh, yeah, one of those days you actually had gotten sent down. So you're at 44. You still have rookie eligibility. Um, defense doesn't necessarily go into the rookie of the year award, maybe as much as, as some of those other awards. Uh, but you look 
uh, I want to say baseball savant, has him as slightly below average, like negative three outs above average. Fielding Bible, defensive run saves, has him much higher yeah. uh, in, in the top five even in the National League. But the arm has been the thing. Already ties a rookie record with 10 outfield assists. So Nolan Jones, I mean, him and Doyle together, even if they're not giving you much in the lineup, Jones is. He was hitting cleanup today. Yeah, yeah. Doyle isn't, unfortunately. But what they're able to bring defensively can be such a big game changer, specifically with the size of the outfield they're dealing with at Coors Field. You know, and, and one of the cool things is how much that they're growing together and they're learning together and they're communicating and, and they're having fun together at the same time. So I think that that's something that's going to pay dividends as well because, you know, that left center corner at Coors that is so deep and it's such a hard thing is that center fielder's oh. ball, is that left fielder's ball. You know, the fact that they're getting that communication down so that one of them can really go full bore and not have to worry about the other one coming in. I mean, that, that's big. It is, yeah. Uh, Tovar, rookie, hitting home runs. Uh, he did get a big one there, uh, as you mentioned. Charlie getting the yep. uh, leadoff walk. Tovar following up with a home run. That was Tovar's 14th of the year. Actually ties with Matt Holiday for fifth most all-time by a Rockies rookie. Four, fourth homer over 11 games up uh, up until that Friday. Three which came in the first inning. In 16 games in August after Friday night. 331 batting average, 362 on base percentage. It's getting there. Really good. He's at the top of the lineup. 574 slug with four doubles, four homers, and nine RBI. So, I mean, he's doing it. He's posting every day. Uh, I think I even overheard Drew Goodman say on AT&T Sportsnet, where, you know, we go through the cafeteria. Yep. You can't kind of not hear some of the play-by-play. Since he's been back from the paternity list, he started every game at shortstop. That feels about right. I can't remember the, the last time someone started at shortstop. Yeah. Uh, and if you ask most people, would they be, they be able to say, was it Connor Kaiser? Yeah, it would have been in Cincinnati. Connor Kaiser, <laughs> last guy to start a game at shortstop for the Colorado Rockies, other than Big Zeke. And, and you know, like you said, all season he's been doing it. We kind of expected, you know, in spring training, he was going to get handled the, handed the baton. He's taken it. He's run with it. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of uh, Jeremy Pena uh, in, in with Ooh, Houston. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that that's uh -huh. something that I think maybe we start looking at that comparison. Because if I remember right, he, uh, Pena hit 22 homers in his rookie year, really established himself as that shortstop. Maybe that's something we start looking at Tovar. You know, what kind of pace is he on compared to that? And, you know, obviously see where that goes. And Jeremy Pena also won a, uh, a gold glove yeah. last year at yep. shortstop Absolutely. as a rookie. So it's uh, it's not unheard of. Uh, but I, what is unheard of is, is not going to Legal Pete's. Get your butt down there. Go there. They're, they're all over the state. Uh, 28 years in running. They're the best at what they do for burritos, beers. You bring your buddies there. 12 locations all around the state of Colorado. Stop by happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Each and every day. Great ingredients, burritos, bowls, tacos. Do you know that they serve reverse nachos? Sub-question, do you know what reverse nachos are? I do not, but please tell me. So it's basically all the toppings for nachos, but you get it separately, like in a bowl, and then you get your chips, and oh, then you just scoop it. So it's it. a chip and dip type So thing. it's a badass chip and I dip like situation. I like that a lot. B.A. chips and dip. <laughs> now, don't say that because they won't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know if Illegal Pete's. Maybe they will. Yeah? Maybe. Do you, do you think you get they get a stipend where they have to watch, like, all of our podcasts since oh, they're I, a big I'm sponsor? Oh, I'm sure. I, they're riveted right now. All right. Absolutely. So, B.A. Chips and Dip, they'll know then, and you'll know, it's Reverse Nachos, B.A. Chips and Dip. It's fantastic. Uh, follow them on uh, Instagram, at Illegal Pete's, because uh, they got tons of deals and offers all throughout the summer that they are giving away. Illegal Pete's. Burritos, beers, buddies, 28 years and counting. Speaking of a bunch of bees, Breck Brew, oh. the Mountain Beach Sour. It's their month right now. The fresh pineapple, thirst-quenching sour. Vacation in a can, or if you're here at the bar, it is absolutely a party in a pint. Nice. nice. Or a parade in a pint. I almost went parade. I don't know. What a do you parade, think? A parade in a pint. When you have your Mountain Beach Sour, are you going parade or is it more of a party? You know, it's, you more, it's more of a party. It's more it of a, yeah, a plethora of feelings, maybe. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. A plethora. I love that. <laughs> Vibrant flavor of tart, lime, pineapple blended with sweet notes of guava. It, keep, it brings a taste of the tropics to the high country. Again, you know Breck Brew. It's made with 100% renewable energy. Support a Colorado business here. Doing it right in your own backyard. Breckbrew.com and the Breck Brew locator to find out where you can get Breck Brew near you, anywhere in North America and possibly beyond. I don't know because I, I haven't cared to think, hmm, if I go to Reykjavik, 
Ooh. Is there going to be a place somewhere in and around Iceland that I can get my Breck brew? I haven't needed that, so unfortunately I haven't searched it. But hey, go to Breck Brew and find out. If they push Einstock on you, you say, no, 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 no. Where is my Breck brew? You know, next time you're in Reykjavik. That's it. That's absolutely. I, I, that sounds like it's a thing. <laughs> oh, it's I believe thing. that. Uh, we've got a thing here. We got a, we got a big thing. We got a great thing. Because we've got Mr. Herb Lawrence from CHGO White Sox, who's here to maybe feel good about the fact that the White Sox did not get swept on Sunday. Or is it better just for the narrative? Just get swept. Let it be done with Herb. How's it going, buddy? Good to see you. Thoughts on stealing a victory here, 10-5 on Sunday? I mean, I guess it's good. with a team that isn't that good, I guess, worst record in the National League. But as the segment before, you're talking about, you're talking about Tovar. You're talking about Doyle in center field. You have people to look forward to that are awesome on the team and showing up. That Doyle guy, man, in center field, he caught everything, especially that game on Friday. And Ezekiel Tovar, don't get me started. Mercy. You guys, I don't know how you keep on doing the middle infield thing, but you keep on doing it, and it's a very exciting. So, yeah, we on our show pretty much said, you know, great, they won a game. It's better than losing, I guess, better than getting swept by the Rockies. But also it's like, where has this been? Where's this all this explosion been? You saw in that inning where they scored the seven runs, I think the eighth inning, rookie Oscar Colas got the double. And then I guess Lennon Sosa is more of a first-year player than a rookie. Hit the home run. Those guys don't play every game at a team that's 26 games below 500 because Pedro Grafal, our manager of the White Sox, says that he likes winning more than development. Literally said the words. Like, he cares about winning in this year more than development. That's what we're dealing with here in Chicago. Yeah, not uh, not great, as you said. When you're you're kind of in that position, though, I do like uh, I do like going with the nickname TDG. That Doyle guy. I mean, that's that is what I think people when they play the Rockies, they come away going, "That Doyle guy." Like, where where'd this guy come from? Yeah, no, he uh, the metrics really like him in center field. Could be a could be a, a finalist there uh, for a Gold Glove award. But uh, buddy Kevin here from Fan Sided, you know, in, in the rankings. You know, since the Rockies are a better team, and and you know, right now White Sox are, are one game better. But you look and you say they're not that they're going in opposite directions. There's more of those young guys contributing for the Rockies, and although the White Sox may have a couple of them with Colas, uh, Sosa, you know, I know Andrew Vaughn's kind of still you know cementing his career. He's a young guy with a plenty of upside, and of course, he's playing a ton. They're not always getting that same general opportunity with. Uh, you know, I know they cleared house with a lot of the veterans, but you still want them to get more of those opportunities to say, "All right, well, we, we got to figure this thing out. Uh, we need the young guys to to almost lead the way, so we can figure out: is it going to be 2024, 25, or or is it really going to be further on down the road that we can kind of rebuild and get this thing back on track?" The weird part about everything that the White Sox do, which is all the stuff they do, is pretty much wrong. We as White Sox fans understand that. Rick Hahn, who is the general manager, says that they're going to be trying to compete next year in 2024. Now, in a regular division, you would say, that's ridiculous. You guys are terrible. But we're also in the terrible AL Central with one team over 500, and that's the Minnesota Twins. I think they're five games over 500. And so, yeah, they can compete, but the problem with the White Sox is underperformance. The only player on this team that is overperforming is of course Luis Robert Jr. our center fielder who is an absolute stud but everybody else like Aloy Jimenez is constantly hurt right now he's on the paternity list so there's no problem there uh Yohan Mancati is constantly hurt and he has no power this year uh Andrew Vaughn the guy you alluded to has 16 home runs as a first baseman he's played most of the games that can't happen as a corner infielder as a guy that profiles as a top-notch bat and today you saw Trace Thompson in right field for some reason. Trace Thompson. You guys know Trace Thompson. He's Trace Thompson. He has more walks this year than actual hits. He has 18 walks and 14. Well, I think he got one today. So he's at 15 hits, trying to beat his walk total. But he's hitting under 200. He's a 30-plus-year-old guy who's not going to be part of the White Sox future. So I'm tired of seeing all these players who are recycled and players who are not going to be here next year. Elvis Andres. 
playing shortstop today instead of splitting Sosa. So, yeah, the White Sox have a plan to compete in 2024, but their plan is flawed because they're not trying to develop the players who could be here in 2024. Yeah, that's a level of frustration. Thankfully, we're not dealing with uh, in Colorado. You mentioned Yohan Moncada. You know, as a guy who was a, a shortstop when he was younger and maybe a little more svelte, and then a second baseman and now a third baseman, he made a very nice play on Saturday. And mm-hmm. you go, oh, okay, that's something. But then his reaction after was like smirking and smiling, like, yeah, look what I did. And I go, dude, a- act like you've done this before. And then he went and boots a ball later on. And Ryan McMahon is all over the diamond, make all kinds of plays like, ho-hum, who cares? Like, whatever. Like, it's not it's not a big deal. And you go, I guess it is a big deal for you on Moncada. It lets you know where his defense is at right now. Yeah, and Yohan can do the plays like that all the time, but it's the ones that are routine where he struggles, and especially with the bat. After 2019, he had a fantastic year. I think he finished in top 10 of the AL MVP standings. He was good, and everybody was like, okay, here we go. We got a third baseman who was 25. He's about to ascend, and that's when Rick Hahn, our general manager, signed him to an extension. Everybody was like, hey, man, that's a great deal. You're getting a young player taking a couple of his RB years away. Oof, since then, he's been kind of terrible. He had COVID in 2020. He never really recovered of that until last year, 2022. So all 2021, he was kind of, he was good, but not great. 2022 was horrendous. And this year has been horrendous too because of injuries. And then also when he came back, I think he's got five home runs now. It's not enough. He's played enough games where he should at least minimum get 15 home runs as a corner infielder. And he hasn't done that. So White Sox fans are very disappointed because next year he's making $24 million. So you can't trade him away in the offseason. No one's going to take that salary unless the White Sox pay a good two-thirds of that. So he was my guy and one of my favorite players before he started just bad play. So I can see him getting back to 2019 levels, but it's going to be very hard to get there and very hard to justify the $24 million he's taken next year if he's not even coming close to that with the power. The glove is fine, above average, but the, the bat has been so bad. All right, before we get you out of here, give Rockies fans some more love. Like, like give give the Rockies fans a little more hope. Who was, like, another guy? Or what was another thing from this weekend? You came away going, okay, this this could be this could be a dude. This guy could be a problem. Or I'm, I'm really intrigued by so-and-so. Uh, who else was doing it for you this weekend at Coors? I mean, I know you guys already, you know, you already know about Chuck Nasty. He's always good. And he's <laughs> going to be there for ages. But... I know he got a job a couple times on those um, on those calls, and he was telling the umpire, home plate umpire, what was going down every day today. But that Ryan McMahon, I don't know if you guys consider him a superstar, but I would love to have him. He is glove. He hits for power opposite field. I don't care if it's cores or wherever. I don't know what the splits look like, but today he hit a ball, and it was caught by the left fielder, uh, Andrew Benintendi just pretty much flicked it out there. It was 3.30, and he crushed that ball. And I was like, man, imagine having that youth, that good glove, that bat power from the left side. I know he's only hit 21 home runs, but for me, as a third baseman hitting 21 home runs and playing the defense that he's playing, that's spectacular. I would love to have a guy like that. Um, Nolan Jones didn't really do a lot for me this weekend, but he's pretty decent. I would. You guys were talking about him in the segment before this one. I think he has a chance to be a a superstar, especially out there with that light air. And as a White Sox fan who loves Chris Bryant, I'm very sad that he has been absolutely horrendous, even though it's more mostly injuries as a Colorado Rocky. I thought he would go out there and reestablish his Cub years, his rookie of the year, his MVP years, but nothing has been – as has gone as his way out there in Colorado, I wonder if year three they're just gonna be cut their losses and just say, "Hey, some other team take this twenty six million a year because this we can't depend on this. It's not it's not showing up every day." Are you speculating that they'll trade him to the Las Vegas A's uh, back to his hometown? Is that a, is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> I would love that. I, hey, if he can come to the White Sox, even though we suck, we need a right fielder. Like, we haven't had a right fielder since, like, Jermaine Dye. George Bell, or, maybe? 
or Avisar Garcia. That's like the last real right fielder we've had that's played multiple years. We need a right fielder, and if he's often hurt, he's perfect for the White Sox. We have a bunch of players who are every single game, so he'll fit right in. Take a couple million of that dollars out of that twenty six. Take like thirteen of it. We'll pay him thirteen million dollars. Trade you. I don't know who you want. You want your Moncada back? You have a second baseman, but you already have a second baseman. That's all right. So, uh, Brendan Rodgers still on the team, though. right? He just got to stay healthy. He's gonna win. A, he's gonna win a batting title. So that'll, that'll make you guys still feel have better. Brendan Rodgers, right? Yeah, Brendan Rodgers, uh, two more years. Yeah, so he won't be free agents after 2025. So you don't need Yoan Moncada. So maybe, uh, <laughs> do you guys want Aloy Jimenez, another oft-injured player? We'll we'll work it out off air. We'll we'll get that trade going because they listen to us. So that that's how it works. Herb, thank you they so much. Should. Go, ahead, go ahead and plug away anything uh, real quick uh, to let folks know where they can check all your content out. We are at CHGO White Sox. Our show goes Monday through Friday, and I'm on Actor Wall 23 on Twitter, whatever X it's called. So just Lawrence spelled backwards two three. I got to get that Justin Lawrence jersey, even though he's not twenty three, because it's a great number, great name. Sweeper, that's it. That's the guy. Herb, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I think Herb's also kind of happy too that Nolan Jones is out of the division. He doesn't yeah. have to see him against uh, the White Sox, his former Guardians guy. So yeah. So I, so I like that he's giving him the the bill of approval there. Like, hey, no, I, I've been tracking this guy in the minors a little bit. He seems like he's going to be a dude. And yeah, Ryan McMahon, you know. That, that's something I wanted to kind of talk to you about, this idea that, you know, Nolan Arenado, he, he said he was going through some dead arm. Yeah. And and going back to the defensive metrics and the conversations that I have with defensive metrics, um, just it's just on the cell phone. That's it. I've, I've never met the defensive metrics in person. <laughs> uh, we don't exchange emails, but we do talk on the phone. Man, um, they're not as kind to Arenado as, as in the past. Oh. And they are very kind, very kind to Ryan McMahon. 2023, legitimately, folks, could be the year Ryan McMahon ends Nolan Arenado's streak yeah. of consecutive Gold Glove awards. Yeah, everything has gone wrong this year in St. Louis. I mean, and, and that includes Arenado, to be perfectly frank. Yeah. So I, I absolutely think that if there's a year that Mc, uh, that Arenado falls off the perch, this is the year that McMahon could win that Gold Glove. We know he probably should have won it in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an argument I know the Cardinals fans hate, but it's still something that the metrics show that where McMahon and Arenado are this year, it's not even a comparison, honestly. Fall off the perch because he's like that? on the Cardinals. See, you see what it. you did. <laughs> you You're like it. Bryce Harper over here, you know, <laughs> flying away, talking about Jake, Jake Bird. No, I think I think I think Herb said Lenin Sosa. I I was under the impression it was Lenin Sosa. Yeah, that well, I needed to be Lenin. I needed to be a great musician <laughs> and a great slugger. Oh, no. John Lennon, Sammy. Sosa, Lennon, Sosa. I need that. So, you know, I we we got Rogers <laughs> Hornsby. That's all I've got to throw out at you with Brendan Rogers and Bruce Hornsby in the range. There well, you go. I, I, I spent like an hour trying to come up with great combinations <laughs> of like musicians and sluggers just so that they they might sound cool. Ringo Killebrew again for no reason. It's just it's just fun. My mom chimes in with Liberace Bonds. I'm like, okay, mom. Liberace that, Bonds. You you found the combination well a, a musician and a slugger. Well played. My wife I came in with Young Strawberry, Neil Young, Daryl Strawberry. Also sounds like a great rapper name, by the way. Oh, young Strawberry. I'm down on that. I was definitely thinking Young Gravy for the young part. So. Oh. Uh, there there is a uh, a Gavi. A Gavi Kravith, close, not gravy, but a Gavi uh, Kravith. Look him up. Uh, Diddley DiMaggio, Bo and Joe. Bo, Bo and Joe. Joe they DiMaggio. Uh, Iggy Pujols was probably my favorite. You know, Iggy Pop and Albert Pujols. But but alas, we can't talk about any of that. And then actually, and then watching the game alas. on Friday night, my mom goes, wait, Lambert against Elvis? Is that Adam Lambert and Elvis Presley? Well, I go, mom. you know what, Mom? You win. Well, you, win the, uh, you win the day. Adam we did uh, before we get out of here. Speaking of just fun stuff, there were a lot of uh, a lot of White Sox jerseys of a certain minor league player named Jordan, forty-five Jordan, Michael Jordan, who of course played in Double A Birmingham Barons. Uh, Terry Francona was uh, his manager, and uh, shoot, I, I was just like, how many times do you walk around with a minor league player's jersey on a major league team? It's like totally nonsensical in any way. I'm like, Tim Tebow? Or do people have a Tim Tebow Mets jersey? Maybe. Maybe. 
Maybe. That could be a thing. I I don't know. Um, Brian Taylor was was a really good major prospect for the Yankees. I didn't see anybody doing anything like that. But for for you, is there a, a player and a team that you would like to have that combination? Like, you go, oh, Todd Helton, Sky Sox, just because the Sky Sox jersey in the mid-'90s when they first went over to, like, white, black, and green yeah. was kind of crisp. Like, I'd like one of those jerseys would be cool. I mean the Ryan Howard Isotopes jersey. Do we do we that throw would be that cool? That's kind of I mean, cool, especially where it's Philly and just have people go wait what? what That's is, a what good modern yeah. classic. What is this? Yeah, I mean Matt Holiday Tulsa Drillers. Oh, there now you're talking. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, you Todd, Todd held New Haven Ravens just because you like I've like never seen a New Haven Ravens jersey. I'm sure I saw it during the '90s, but not any time oh, I've, recently. I gotta see this. That New would be Haven good. Ravens. Or give me like a John Gray, Trevor Story, Modesto Nuts minor league jersey like now those guys have at least played in the majors yeah. so that's fine but even still that's a rarity to see a, a big leaguers minor league jersey or jersey that's kind of cool so would you want a trash panda or a sod poodle or i mean just because of the name or you want it more for the person who you want it for the player you okay. want it to be a rockies right. guy you okay. know i mean i guess technically you know because the uh the trash pandas are a double a affiliate of the angels i mean yeah. you could have a a trout or otani you know, trash, trash pandas. Panda, can you imagine? I mean, that I'm sure they're trying to get that done, figuring it out with the Players Association. <laughs> How can we possibly manage something like that? But uh, yeah, that 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 would be on my my wish list. Yeah. Look at that, man. Oh, there you go. That's very 90s. New Haven Ravens also had a white cap with teal pinstripes or the turquoise pinstripes on it. That was kind of a rarity. I think the New Haven Ravens. Finished second two years ago. I did like the top 10 minor league teams in in Rockies history. And I might have even excluded the isotopes there just because they're so new. I think they still made my top 10. But you have had like number two New Haven Ravens. People forget. And then people I don't think forget the diehards. No, again, everyone here listening on the DVR Sports Channel on YouTube, whether you leave, left a comment or you're giving us a review, please do that now. Do it for a podcast review. What is your favorite affiliate for the Rockies all time. There it is. Me, number one, got to be the Casper Ghosts. Ghosts, baby. Got to be the Casper Ghosts. Yep, absolutely. Amazing logo. I mean, the name was great. They had a cat that also uh, would glow in the dark. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It It doesn't get much better than that. You know what? Absolutely. I was just, I was admiring the R and the Ravens that that was just up there. The little Raven head that's a part of it. You know, the Tacoma Rainiers think their R is cool. No, no, no. I think New Haven's got to beat on that one. New Haven Ravens. I mean, I don't know how it works in the minor leagues because so many of these teams like change. Like the the Albuquerque Isotopes have nothing to do with the Albuquerque Dukes. Like I think the Albuquerque Dukes, if my memory... Uh, is 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 right they moved to portland and became like the portland beavers and then the portland beavers moved down and became like the el paso chihuahuas so the original el paso diablos aren't even related if you want to go from the family tree yep. so the same so that the the albuquerque isotopes are actually like the calgary cannons they came down from calgary um but new haven ravens are in connecticut they're a double a team for the rockies who's their double a affiliate now in connecticut Hartford Yard Goats. Goats. I'd love for the Yard Goats, and I know all the crew there are probably, they've already tried to explore this. Can they wear New Haven Raven throwbacks? Get on that. People will go crazy. They've probably got it on backlog. Like in five years, they've got so many different ideas, so many different hats, so many different alternate identities. That's like, we're working on it. Guys, we are working on it because uh, Yard Goats crush it. Ice Topes crush it. In fact, on Monday, we're gonna we're gonna talk with Fresno Grizzlies announcer Stephen Rice. In fact, not Monday, Tuesday. We get a day off, a rare Monday off day. So Tuesday, uh, we'll be back. Nice. Uh, we'll be we're over on uh, Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lions is where I'm located. But Kevin, go ahead, plug away, let folks know where they can check out all of your content. Hey, at KGH23 on Twitter, fan sided MLB. Like I said, the power rankings go up tomorrow morning. Uh, I've already given you a little hint about where the Rockies and White Sox land, but uh, we had a little shakeup in the top 10 as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Braves still on top, but after that, uh, I think those Dodgers are playing quite well, shall we just say. I'm not going to lie. It used to be a majority of the time that I would check out your rankings was I just wanted to see where everyone was at. 
Now I check for the fun facts that you have because the blurbs and the details you have, I'm like, oh my God, like, like that's, that's all Patty stat stuff right there. Uh, I well, love it. You know, you know, as well as I do, we both love to read through the game notes. So God bless all those PR teams out there putting those together, man. You're plugged in, man. You're plugged in. You've given us plenty of momentum, but unfortunately I think we all know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as your next show. Thankfully it's going to be a good one. So tune back in on Tuesday right here on the DNVR Sports Channel live on YouTube.